What's Your Story? This is Success Stories with Kendra Hall, where inspirational people come to tell their story so that you can write your own. Here's Kendra. If you are listening to this podcast, my guess is you are the kind of person who is always looking to find ways to become a better person, or at least a better version of yourself, which is why I am so excited for you to hear this conversation today. My guest lays out super practical ways and tells some great stories on how to be the best version of you. Today's guest is Kristen Glosserman, a renowned life coach who helps parents, professionals, and organizations become the best versions of themselves. A mother of four and a New York City business owner, Kristen is passionate about helping her clients enjoy work and life more. Kristen's new book, If It's Not Right, Go Left, outlines the 11 life lessons that Kristen says can help each of us reach our best version and build happier Mm. lives. Kristen, welcome to Success. We are so excited to hear your stories. Oh, my heart is pumping just hearing you. It's so nice to be here, Kendra. Thank you. Well, and I I do think maybe we should start with, um, we've met before. It's been a, it's been an evolution of a friendship. You were one of, you actually were like the first mom I Mm. met in New York City. Did you know that? I, I didn't, you know, I do remember, um, picking you up via Instagram. I, I read that you were coming to New York and starting this amazing new chapter. And I thought to myself, she's going to need some help. And that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we and it's just evolved from there and and I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you and this new book coming out and I'm uh-huh. really excited for all of our listeners okay. to hear. So in that introduction though, uh-huh. there was a really key phrase that I want to start with, which is that you help each person achieve our best version. So mm-hmm. Kristen, what what does that, we hear a lot of, a lot of best selves, you know, Mm -hmm. our higher self, but, but I feel like the term best version is a little unique. So, so tell me what is, what does that mean? Um, thank you. It really is at the heart of what I began when I launched the coaching practice over 15 years ago. Um, It's this idea that there's this self, this being um, that's within all of us that we want to be. And it's the combination of all of our goals and purposes. So, you know, my husband says it's the recipe between Mm -hmm. work, home and life. And we know we're in it because when we are our best version we can feel that sense of light and purpose. We're like, yeah, I'm, I'm there, right? And that best version changes over time. And when you're in it, it's just so important to capture it and, and remind yourself like, yeah, that's the winning formula. Yeah. Are there, have there been moments in your life where you're, where you were like, yes, this is it. This is my best version. Like, what mm-hmm. does that, what has that looked like for you? And, and while you think of that, I'm also going to think about what that has looked like for me, because I do, I think that we, we catch these glimpses and, and from what I understand, um, from your work is how do we change those from just <laughs> glimpses to, to moments, to, to minutes, to hours, to weeks, to a lifetime. So what are some of your, just for example, if someone's like, all right, 
I need more. What is the best version moment look like for you? Uh, um, so I, I gave this some thought as I was preparing, you know, um, I think about, and to your point, yes. Like how do we stretch that from like a moment to like our life? Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was thinking about, you know, my husband and I, we, um, we own Hill Country Barbecue Market yes. in, in New York. And that's a business that he, uh, he founded in 2007. So I'm thinking about like this night where, um, I'm making dinner for our four kids and I get dinner on the table and I made their favorite dinner, which is shepherd's pie and, um, got their homework squared away and I got dressed and I got my hair done and I'm running to the restaurant because we're giving this amazing fundraiser. Uh, for our neighbors and friends from Madison Square Park. We do this biannually. It's called mm -hmm. a Texas Toast. And I'm there and I'm, you know, hosting and smiling and creating so much good. And that's like a moment where I'm hitting on all cylinders, work, home, and life, like the best of family and community and giving and charity. Um, that's a moment where I just like light up. Mm, yeah. And how do we, and, and it won't always be as extreme as an event, but, but, but that other, yeah, that's really right. interesting. I mean, that can translate into something with a much smaller scale. That's just like a really macro, you know, explanation of, of what that can be. You, you can feel, but I can, I've learned that through this discipline of knowing what that is, I can create that at home. I can create mm -hmm. that in the office when I am doing those things uh, in combination. And I feel like as I as I've been thinking about this and and getting ready for our time at, together, I I've discovered that it's also important to know what your best version is not. So so I think of one of my best version moments mm -hmm. and it was my book launch party in New York City. You were there. I was. Um, I remember it was it was crazy. My my husband went to set it up. My kids were at home. They were getting dressed and ready. I was getting hair and makeup done. It was it was so exciting. I remember walking over there, and I actually walked to the party by myself. Uh, and at first, I was like, "Oh, I'm all alone." And then I thought, "No, this is beautiful." I got there. My husband was there. Friends started coming in. The kids came. It was this big celebration, and it was. It was one of those moments where. It could have been almost the quintessential best version. However, when I think back on that moment, I also remember that I was so tired. I was running all over the country. I was pushing so hard for the launch of the book that I... I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't have friends because I had recently moved to the city. So I didn't have time to make friends. And, and so it's really important because when I think back on that night, I can think back and say, okay, there was so much there that was great. And going forward, there's some things that I want to let go of. So there can be other things that, that come in. Do you have any strategies, especially now as we're coming out of the past 18 months or the past two years of identifying what your best version is not? Absolutely. I, I do this exercise in cl with clients and I talk about it in the book. It's called more of less of, and mm. it's almost like a pro con list. Um, and it's a really good place to go when we feel that way. Like this was amazing. And, and I use and all the time, and I would really like 
more of this and maybe let go of some of that. So that's a strategy that I ask clients to use all the time. I mean, I I use it on a weekly basis to adjust Mm. where my energy should be allocated. Well, and that was the other, that was another question I was going to ask about this idea of the best version. Does it, does it evolve or should the goal be to find it and like keep it and leave it there? But, but I feel like maybe it also changes over time. Any thoughts on the evolving best version? It absolutely changes over time. My best version at 35 was not my best version at 45. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as our lives change, our, our, our version of ourselves, our ideal and aspirational version of ourselves will change. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Kristen, before we get into the 11 principles, I'm curious, how did you get to this place? I know in your late 20s, you decided to pivot your career. You had a very successful career, decided to pivot and become Mm -hmm. a life coach and do what you do now. What led you to make this change? Well, um, when we talk specifically about the career, because there were a lot lot of personal factors that moved me there. But when we talk about the career piece, um, yes, I was a successful sales executive. I was in management for notable companies. I was making my six-figure salary. I was living in New York. I had my own apartment, which was huge. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just felt like I wasn't doing what I was meant to be doing professionally. And I talk about this one specifically in Life Lesson 3, change is hard and change is good. Mm. When when the change isn't, you know, sort of staring us in the face, like I could have stayed on that trajectory. And friends that I worked with have, you know, evolved into really successful career executives. Um for me, I there wasn't enough of the of the helping aspect in it, of the motivating. I got to motivate my sales teams and I loved management for that reason because I helped them bring out their best at work. It just felt like it was a little bit limiting in what I really wanted to do professionally. And that's when I started searching executive coaching, training, mentoring, trying to get an idea of how I could bring some of these skill sets that I knew I was good at professionally and apply them to a career that really felt spot on. So so tell me, what do you remember that day. I'm always interested in the day I quit my job. Like what, because it's not like you were, you had all the security, you had it checked all the boxes and suddenly you were going to jump into this other unknown where you were Mm -hmm. working for yourself. Right. I, at that point I was not, I, I, I was working for another, um, business. Oh, okay. So you were, you moved into coaching with another business. Oh, I'm sorry to clarify. Yes. I was working for a company and I, decided to make a change and go to work for myself. Correct. Right. Like yes. that is a big, so that what, is a big one. Did, yes. What, tell me what, what did that day like look like? I, like the I'm, day that you quit? I'm really, I'm really glad you asked because I talk about, um, strengthening muscle in the book and I use it in a few different ways. And this was sort of like the risk taking muscle, right? I had a secure job. I was mm-hmm. doing well. All the boxes were checked. Um, at the time I was, um, I was ending a marriage, which was really hard. Um, and once that 
decision had been made and I accepted that we were going to, you know, essentially go left and part ways. Um, I believe that it opened up the space and maybe even the courage for me to take another big risk. Um, and this one for myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there was something about um, gutsy decisions sort of, you know, gone well, giving you the confidence to make another one. So I, I think those two things, you know, did impact each other. What did, what did you, like, what did your friends say? What did your boss say? What did your family say? Um, my family was really on board. I mean, I remember at the time, um, I wasn't working because I think part of, um, one of the reasons, um, you know, I knew that relationship, um, wasn't, you know, a fit is I wasn't working throughout that period. Mm. And that didn't, um, feel entirely right. Mm. I love to work. I've always worked. I, I always took my career very seriously. So it yeah. was, it was a little bit off track that I was not mm-hmm. employed during that period of mm-hmm. that one year of my marriage. And that's all it was. Um, so when I told my family that I wanted to, you know, go and get certified and become a life coach and become an executive coach and do trainings, my dad gave me office space at his, you know, um, at his office and he helped. I remember one of his, um, executives helped me put together my business plan and everyone was super supportive. It was, it was a very exciting time. Yeah. I, I think what you, uh, the mention there is so important about the fact that you weren't working, but working felt right to you. And mm-hmm. I think this is a really, it, it goes with the whole message of the title of the book. If it's not right, go left. And maybe other people around you that seemed very, you know, that's what you you should do. You should get married and stop working. And if that's right for them, fine, but it, it wasn't right for you. And I know that's something that it, it, it can be a struggle if you're in a certain community or there are certain things where everybody does things a certain way. I mean, I know even in my, uh, in our community in Arizona, who we love so much before we moved to the city, it was absolutely like there was, there was like a path that you took when you, when you lived there and up and moving across the country to a city was not one of the stops on that path of the community that we were in. It was a big left for us, but, but it was what was right. So a great illustration of what that really means. Um, That's exactly, that's exactly right. And, and each person's path is so personal and so individual. I really try to highlight I'm sharing these lessons and then I want you to apply them to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the book is part memoir because I think that the stories illustrate the lessons and it's part personal and professional growth. Yeah. Well, and, and from my relationship and, and knowing you personally, you are very much a you do you, I'll do me. And that's great. Now, as mm-hmm. long as I encourage you to do your best you, right? right. And I'm right. always trying to do my best me. So, so let's get into some of these lessons because I, I love them. Um, and you're right. The stories are great. And the book is, is beautiful. There are 11 of them. We're not going to talk about them all here because I want people to go and <laughs> get the book. Um, but let's, let's start actually with the first one. And then you get to pick a few of your favorites. The first life lesson is it's only a problem if you make it a problem. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that 
sentence right there. I can even think about earlier this morning at my spin class where it was like, wait, no, that's not actually a problem. I could make it a problem, a situation that happened there, but why, why, why make more problems? So tell us about this life lesson um, from straight from you, Kristen. Well, you, you nailed it so beautifully. You know, anything dealing with you know, a a workout schedule or a meeting or a Zoom not linking up, not a problem. And being able to really distinguish that. I use it as the first one because I do feel it's the most obvious. And we could say it to ourselves every day and immediately move ourselves in a positive direction. As soon as we remind ourselves, not a problem, we're in a better headspace to begin solving for whatever we need to do. Mm-hmm. And this one, I mean, we we say it around the house all the time. You'll hear my kids echo it. You'll hear my husband throw it back to me. It's just, it's sort of like our family mantra now. And, it, you know, there are real problems out there. And we've all been through them mm-hmm. this last, you know, year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. So so let's remember what the problems are and just work through the other stuff. Well, and it, I actually, as you were talking there, it reminded me of a moment early on in the pandemic, like early March 2020. Um, and of course, the pandemic hit our family really hard, being as the majority of our family income was from me keynote speaking at large events with people gathering. So that was mm-hmm. it was a tough time. Um, and I remember there was like we were we were in this weird because it was still kind of un- it's like, what is this? How is this? Like, it was very like, is this real? Is it not? And of course, we knew there was there was a virus. But like you were trying to wrap your head around what exactly was happening. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking into the kitchen. Michael was standing there and he was like, I just I. And I looked at him and I said, actually, I, you know, to use the terms in your book, I think this is a real problem. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we might be in history Mm -hmm. right now. And, and the freedom, even then, if you're, if you're identifying, like it, it gives to acknowledge the real problems then is really helpful too, because you can then approach them instead of the ones that you've made problems. Exactly. Let, let's give the, the real energy to the problems and not the non-problems. <laughs> the non- I know, I was thinking the same thing, the, the non-problems. Such a great, just such a great mantra. If ever you're, you're in line trying to get a coffee or the, the Delta on hold trying yes. to get your flight changed, like it's only yeah. a problem if I make just, it a problem. Just like, hit yourself with it quick. It immediately yeah, moves your like, headspace. It's crazy. All right, Kristen, what are some other, what are some of the other key, I mean, they're all important, but what's another life lesson that the listeners here, you know, if we can give them just a little, a little boost, what should they know next? Well, you know, you hit on this um, a little bit, but I I really love life lesson eight. I mean, I love all of them. They're like all my children, you know, (laughs) all my students. Um, Life lesson eight, stay in your lane, um, really resonates with me for two reasons. One, it challenges me. And two, I get challenged on it. So I think that it's a a fun one to highlight. Sometimes I hear like, stay in your lane, you're boxing me in. I want to, I want to, you know, fly. And I choose to see stay in your lane as being really liberating Mm. because it frees me from the comparison of others. 
So when I'm in my lane, I'm just doing me. I'm staying focused on what my goals are, what I want to do, what I want to accomplish. And in this day and age, especially of social media, if you go on my IG, it seems like everyone is a coach, right? Everyone's doing executive coaching. Everyone's doing a book. If I go on my husband's feed, it seems like everyone is in restaurants and everyone is in food and hospitality. (laughs) So we're sort of in these um, manufactured bubbles of thinking everyone is doing what we're doing. You've got to just stay focused on you. I mean, it reminds me of one of my favorite lines from a comedy, Zoolander. Um, Right before Ben Stiller is about to walk the catwalk, the Will Ferrell Carol's, uh, character says, don't get distracted by the beautiful celebrities. And it's such a funny line. Mm. And it always stuck with me. Like, don't get distracted by what's here or here to the left. Just, or the right. Just, mm-hmm. you know, stay where you're going. And um, it's that focus and it's that confidence in knowing like, hey, that's not my jam. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going here. And it works at work as well. Just this morning, um, my husband asked me to weigh in on something operationally, and I told him what I thought, and I know to stay in my lane. I don't do operations at the restaurant. We've got really talented people Mm. who do that. So I stay in my lane in terms of communication, community, PR. I know my role, and yes, we can weigh in and sort of, you know, assist, but Stay, staying in my lane keeps me most productive. So that's you know, why I love it. You know what? It, you, you said it right at the top. We hear that a lot. Stay in your lane, stay in your lane. But it means what I've always thought, I feel like the standard definition is, okay, Kendra, you're in storytelling. So don't suddenly mm-hmm. then go talking about astrology or health and fitness. Fine. Okay. So that's one definition. But I love what you said there about your definition and how liberating it is. I had this exact realization and now I'm realizing it was, it was a lesson eight. Um, you know, you'll, you'll see influencers on social media and they're doing like brand things like, oh, here's this face cream or I'm wearing mm-hmm. this and, and you can make, you can make money that way by creating partnerships with brands. And technically that is something I suppose that would be available to me, but I don't want to, like, I don't <laughs> want to, that's not how, that's not my lane. And it was, you can get very distracted by the beautiful celebrities right. um, or the, <laughs> or the noise of like what you should be doing. And I'm like, wait, no, that's not what I want to do. And it was mm-hmm. really liberating because I hadn't realized how much tension there was around the should I, shouldn't I, is that, isn't mm-hmm. it? What, am I doing something? And I was like, no, no, I, I just don't do that. What That's, a beautiful thing. Yeah. And your lane could be as wide as your lane should be. I mean, I I have some recipes in my book because of our love for food. And I connect food with tradition, which is life lesson mm-hmm. five. So it felt good for me. Can a chef say to me, stay in my, hey, my lane includes food. <laughs> my my lane, and I see you do this so beautifully, you travel across the country and speak to thousands of people. Um, I saw you at this Mandalay Bay, and I was like, whoa, 
that's not my lane. I don't mm-hmm. see myself in front of a stadium. Mm-hmm. I love my boutique coaching practice. I coach amazing CEOs and executives. That's my lane. I, yeah. I want to do that better than anyone. So yep. really knowing our gifts and our strengths and, and how to apply them. And like you said, not getting too caught up with the shoulds or, you know, yeah. should I be doing that? You'll know. Stay in your lane. You got yep. this. Well, and I and I recently had it to to this point. I recently had a, an evolution of my lane. I had, you know, I was like, I really don't want to put a lot of focus on digital courses. It's just mm-hmm. like I have them, but people are like, oh, you need, you could have a seven figure business of just digital courses. And I was like, it's just not speaking to me. I don't really mm-hmm. feel like that's. And then just recently I started getting uh, little nudges, you know, just little, Hey, Hey, that felt good to me. And it felt like a, a possible lane expansion. Mm-hmm. So I, I think those lanes can, can change. Okay. I have a favorite one mm-hmm. that I wanted to ask you about life lesson. Number 10, happiness is a series of good decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this sounds so it is, it's so simple. It's so straightforward. Like we've heard it a hundred times before, but but there's something about the way that you describe it, the way that you talk about it. I wanted to make sure we shared it here. So tell me about lesson number 10. Thank you. Um, lesson number 10. I mean, they're all special. Um, happiness, I believe um, happiness isn't the one moment. It's not the moment you get to the six figures. It's not the moment you speak at a you know, commence. It's, it's not the one moment. It's, it's truly the process and the journey. And people come up to me all the time and they say, you're so happy. You're smiling all the time. How do you do it all? And I know the truth that it wasn't always this way. And it took many years of creating a process and a discipline around positive direction that got me here. It's the many good decisions that has led up to the, you know, happy and fulfilled um, and exuberant person that I am today. So it's, it's a journey and it's a discipline. And it's when you, you do it time and time again, and, you know, and you get to turn around and you're like, wow, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. I'm like, this has been a, I'm on the right, you know, I'm on, I'm on a healthy and positive path. Well, and to know that I feel like happiness is such a, is such a, I mean, we're all seeking it, trying to find it. I'm constantly asking myself, am I, am I happy right now? Am I happy? Is this happiness? Was I happier? Was I like happiness is on the, is on the brain. And to realize, you know, when you find yourself at a decision, even a small one, even just a little one, uh, of like, should I say yes to this invitation? Should I order this meal at this mm-hmm. restaurant? Um, and you're kind of, you know, you have those where it's like a little bit, you obsess about it just a little bit, or you're like, mm-hmm. oh, what, what do I, what do I do to come back to this lesson and say, okay, this is one of those decisions in the long tail of happiness. Mm-hmm. What, which choice will make me happier? Right. Which one will move me in a positive direction? If you use that language, um, if you're thinking about, you know, you had a great night and people are going for after hours and you're like, which one's going to move me in a positive direction? Am I seeking those connections and those relationships 
or, or, you know, will it benefit me to head home and get a good night's sleep? One answer isn't, you know, correct over the other. It's just in that moment, which one's going to move me towards what I want to my favorite words right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. One Mm -hmm. time it might be the after hour rage with all of our industry friends. and It was a blast. And wow, we'll always have that. And other times it's Mark, you know, we're going to head home big day tomorrow. Right. So, so how do I move in a positive direction through my choices right now? I love that. I love that. I think about, I had a night a couple of weeks ago with some girlfriends and we went out to dinner. It was so wonderful. That connection. It was just, it was just beautiful. And then they're like, let's go, let's go and get a drink at whatever Soho or wherever they were going. And I was like, actually, I'm, I got that connect. That was enough. That was my connection. (laughs) And now I can go forward. And and this also leads into the, you you mentioned a couple of times in there, the topic of integrity and and living with an integrity with yourself, keeping promises to yourself, anything there. Uh, You know, I talk about that in life lesson two: begin, focus, commit. That was one of my early uh, life coaching tools that I know I shared with you very yep. early on. And uh, life lesson two allows us to build integrity with ourselves. It is how to do the things you say you're going to do. And there's a very specific process that I've built around that. Um, it could be as easy as, you know, before you go into a meeting, you know, setting that agenda in your mind. This is how I'm going to show up. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to bring out of it, right? And then staying on that, you know, track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, that was, that was this. And and I think the thing, what I love about your approach, what I know readers are going to love about this book is it is also simple and non-judgmental and very all within our capabilities. Like we're all capable of doing this. All right. I get one more. You get one more. You go first. What's another one? Oh, there's so many. I'm looking. Uh, you, you go first. I want to, uh, you go. Okay. I can speak well, to them all. I know. Well, I want to know about, and this is, I, I, I wasn't going to ask about it, but then uh, recently there have been, I've noticed a lot more people talking about this, especially as we are, coming out of the pandemic. That is a life lesson number nine. nine. You're going nine. I knew <laughs> we were, you were going, going nine. nine. We're going nine um, to stop whining. And that's yes. a W-I-N-E. Um, I thought it was interesting that you included this in the book. I thought it was bold and important that you, that you did to acknowledge the role that wine or whatever cocktail or, you know, substance it is that you invite into your life. I know that there's been a lot of talk about, you know, what happened to us as people during the pandemic. And um, tell me, tell us a little bit about life lesson number nine to stop whining. Yes. So um, thank you for acknowledging um, this one because it, it could feel out of sorts, and yet I think it's super relevant because, mm-hmm. um, and I started this book before yeah. COVID and I wound up editing it through COVID, which was really, you know, for me, such a gift that I had these lessons so <laughs> present for me during such a, you know, difficult 
time. And, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it's being launched and released now as we're, I think, a little bit um, more ready to receive, you know, positive direction. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us um, gravitated towards some sort of, of a Band-Aid um, during COVID, whether you were baking bread constantly, <laughs> yeah. or, all those breads, uh, a lot of cooking and baking and wine and cocktails. I mean, we were just trying to find any way to stay um, soothed, right? Mm-hmm. And th- these these are these are soothing um, substances. We 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 go to them a lot of times in need, mm-hmm. and I and I wanted to highlight that no one is their best version with too much of anything, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, sugar, alcohol, um, any, any addiction. Um, it's even too much exercise. My my husband has his aura ring and it gets mad at him if he exercises too much. It's like, Whoa, you need to chill out. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to be really honest that, um, I'm so much better with alcohol said no one ever is like, <laughs> is like my favorite quote. I, I equate a lot of things to sports cause I'm an athlete and, and I love athletics. And I say, you know, three strikes, you're out one. I'm feeling amazing Two, I had a great time. Three, not so good. Right. So, yeah. um, so I wanted to highlight this and I told a really fun story of, you know, going out and having a wonderful time. And yeah. Then tell the story. Some, tell the story. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so, um, you know, and, and I want to preface this by saying my husband and I love wine. I mean, mm-hmm. we're launching the book in San Francisco just so we can take an overnight in Napa, right? So <laughs> we, we, we love spirits. I mean, whether it's martinis to margaritas to, you know, to beer on a, on a, on a porch, we love it all. So wine is very much a spirit in our, in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Use mm-hmm. the word and always to connect your thoughts and move you in a positive direction. I talk about this story. I was, um, you know, I was out on a vacation and I stopped by a friend's house and she set up lawn soccer and we had a rosé. We watched the kids kick the ball and it was like amazing. It's one yeah. of those days where you're like, yes, this is what a vacation week looks like. And mm-hmm. then I got a call from another friend who was local and she said she had some people over, bring the girl, stop by. And I hadn't seen her in a while and it was on my way home. So I stopped in and I hung out and I had another drink and then we moseyed on home and I was, you know, getting the kids ready for bed and my husband wasn't with me. He was working late that night and I poured another drink and probably another um, as the bottle was already open. Yeah. And now I like half bottles. Um, (laughs) And and he called later in the night and for absolutely no reason at all, I went down this like rabbit hole of arguing that probably would not have happened had Mm -hmm. I made other choices earlier in the evening. So I just, you know, for me, I felt like it was a really good example on how we can be mindful of our choices and and keep them to a place where they are healthy for us. Right. And and that and of course to acknowledge that there are, there are people that 
there no amount is healthy and and that's important too but if you're finding yourself in this gray area Mm -hmm. I think it's a really um it's a really valuable perspective it's that that lesson is important okay Kristen last one it's yours oh last one is mine (sighs) okay I'm gonna go with do what works I had that one too yeah did you have that one too okay um but we'll talk about living directionally still, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, we want to make yeah. sure we don't. Yeah, no, that's the way we can. Okay. Yeah, we can. We can end there, which is how I actually end the book. Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. So on the same page, I love this. All right. So do what works is sort of where I want you to go. It's life lesson four. Um, when you start going down like some sort of rabbit hole, like should I do? Should I not do? Should I do? You know, usually there's there are these choices that we have that are in some way torturing us, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just taking up way too much mind space. And when that's happening, I encourage you, and I find that it works really well for me, to clear the decks and just simplify. Like what is that decision in front of you that might appear more obvious, um, and, and probably is quite obvious. You know, we were really wrestling with um, my son's high school. And we were, you know, do we go to boarding school? Do we change schools? Does he want a campus? We were so caught up in the decision that we were ignoring the fact or at least not giving enough um, energy to the fact he loved his school. He's in a great <laughs> school. He loves his friends. It's working. Why, why, why are we like <laughs> making ourselves crazy over something that works? So, so this do what works is, is there for you because a lot of times, you know, we just, we just need to open our eyes and see it. Yeah. And, and um, I, I use it all the time. now. like, Mark, we're making this so complicated. What works? What works? I, I was doing the same thing even with exercise. I was once once um, studio started opening up. I love going to Soul Cycle. Uh, it's just I just love it. I love spinning. I've been spinning for twelve years. I love spinning, but I've also heard that I should be doing yoga and I should be doing weight training and I probably should be running and and so then I would get all like, should I go to? I don't I don't know if I should. And then I finally was like, spinning works. Like, I'm just going to go there and then make decisions beyond that. But yeah, we, there is a habit to overcomplicate things. And instead of, yeah, like, and especially New York City schools, that's the, I need to, we need to talk offline (laughs) about that. But yeah, like overcomplicate, just what's working and do more of that. Perfectly illustrated. Yeah. It's like, why, why am I making... Why am I making until it doesn't work? Until I'm kind of tired of and doing that, and you'll know and because you'll know. it's not right. Yep, exactly. You'll so go let's, left. Mm-hmm. Let's talk living directionally. Mm. Um, close up here. Tell me about this. What story? So living directionally is is how I chose to end the book, and living directionally is all about vision. And I encourage my clients, and I do this myself. To really take this snapshot in your head about what you want. And, you know, I heard you use the word should a lot. What mm-hmm. you want. What, what is the picture 
you see for yourself and your family and your business and your life, right? Work home life. We're always incorporating these three circles. Um, once we have this really clear vision, I mean, honestly, down to the details, we can then begin to make decisions that move us towards it. So we use this this illustration and this really beautiful vision to help us in making decisions. Do we, do we want a bigger business? Do we want another store? Where is the store? Well, we always said we wanted a restaurant, you know, out east. That would be a good place to start looking for real estate opportunities, right? And when he throws me something like, really? That was not in the vision, right? <laughs> so um, I use this vision to help guide my decisions. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what living directionally I'm curious, Kristen, and I hope you're you're okay talking about this, but as a restaurant owner in New York City mm. during the pandemic, mm. um, I can only imagine how challenging that mm. was. Um, a really hard time, I would imagine. Super challenging. How did you use this final lesson to, in the midst of all of that chaos, I mean, I, to continue to live directionally? Um, like when I, things get really yeah. hard, how do we use this? Um, we use it as a guide. This, you know, this book won't solve all of it. It's to give you a guide and a direction. And I think that when we were going through that really challenging time and you said it so well, like, Michael, I think this is a problem. Like Mm -hmm. my restaurants not being able to serve guests and being told they were, you know, closed life lesson one, you know, in reverse, it's a problem. Right. So I was using these tools every day, multiple times a day. Again, I'm so grateful that I had them. Um, (laughs) I'm like, really like, yeah, like an out of body experience, like going back because you had written it like all happy 2019 (laughs) you and then editing it. Yeah. I was like holding it tight on my nightstand. Yeah. Um, but there could have been this like impulse, like sell our apartment. You know, we have this beautiful apartment in New York that we spent years building. And then all of a sudden, you know, the real estate market is tanking and everyone is moving out of New York. And it's just like, okay, that might happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the vision had always been to raise our family in New York, we spent years creating this vision. And if we had to go left, I mean, if we had no choice but to sell that real estate so that we could literally survive, mm-hmm. then maybe we would have. Maybe I'd be holding on to life lesson six to go left. We were able to maintain that vision and say, okay, what else can we, you know, do and change? Let's let's hold on to that vision that that we're going to keep this home that we've spent years creating. Um, it helped it helped guide my decision on on what to do in that moment. 
Yeah, and we saw a lot. I mean, you couldn't drive down, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing a moving truck and people just like, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, how do you, and now, I mean, it's it's crazy on we're, the other side. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> you know, as soon as we moved back into the city last um, uh, February, um, it just, it felt so good. And my kids were so psyched mm -hmm. and... Mm -hmm. You know, there was just there was just moment where we're like, yeah, we're this we're is home. the vision. Yep, yeah, yep, this is the vision. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for this conversation. Where um, can our listeners find you? First of all, where can they buy the book? Remind us of the title and where they can pick up a copy. It's if it's not right, go left. Practical and inspirational lessons to move you in a positive direction. And um, you can get it on pre-sale now on Amazon, and it will officially drop on September 21st um, with uh, Barnes & Noble and Bookshop.org and some other uh, retailers. You can go to my website. There's a link there, kristenglosserman.com. And everyone can always find me on my IG, Kristen Glosserman. I love to engage. I love to connect. And um, it's just been a pleasure talking to you here, Kendra. Thank you. Oh, I know. I love that this is where we that this is where we talk. I have to get yeah. you on a podcast to see you. It's been so long. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so excited to hear all of the stories that come uh, from these valuable insights. So thank you. Thank you. This has been Success Stories with Kendra Hall. If you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe, drop us a review, and tell your friends. If you'd like to hear more shows like this one, go to success.com slash podcasts.